Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 327 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we shared some of our thinking and some of our experiments in generative artificial intelligence or generative AI. In this episode, we decided we were already tired of holiday tech gift list posts, and it's not even Thanksgiving in the U.S. yet. Want to hear more about what irritates us most in tech these days and see if you agree? Stay tuned. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed be going full Scrooge mode and going bah humbug on technology. In our segment, segment, we will switch directions abruptly and tell you a few tech items we'd be happy to give or maybe receive as gifts. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip website or observation that you can start using the second that this podcast is over. But first up, it's that time of year. It's the time of year when People seem to go all in on creating tech gift lists, uh, you know, podcasts on the right gifts to give, uh, and they start appearing earlier and earlier. I think I have already seen a dozen tech holiday gift guides, and as Dennis mentioned before, we are recording before Thanksgiving. And that's made us a little crabby. Uh, So we figured that you're in good hands with the gift guides. There'll be lots of places for you to find out what are the perfect gifts for you or your loved one. Instead... We thought we'd exercise some ghosts of technology past, present, and future and talk about some of the things that really bug us about technology. Dennis, how does this topic make you feel? In a word, Scrooge-tastic. You know, Tom, I I don't know why this has made me so grumpy this year, but I I saw three or four of them today, and I'm like, come on, like, what are are we doing here? And, and, uh, you know, so... I have some quibbles about them, and and so we'll. Uh, but it just seems like there's too much of it, and and it, it seems like people are being a little bit unrealistic about like what tech is out there and what it will do. And I thought it was time maybe that we got a little bit real about uh, some of the stuff that that really bugged us. So, what about you, Tom? How are you feeling about it? Well, you know, I I think there are plenty of things that irritate me about technology, but I think that when all is said and done, um, there can only, in this podcast, be one winner of the Get Off My Lawn Award, and I think I already know who that's going to be, so... Let's jump right in and see, figure out who what, who's going to be doing that. Dennis, what tops your list? Well, I think, I, first of all, I obviously have to congratulate you on uh, your eventual winning the award at the end of this podcast. But number one for me is the one that everybody I talk to has. And I just call this stop changing my damn defaults. And whether it's, you know, moving from Zoom to Teams to to whatever the online conferencing tools and finding out that your, you know, default microphone and camera have been switched to, you know, defaults in other programs when, when there's updates. There's just all kinds of things that I'm used to having. And then 
seeing that they get switched. And um, I just, you know, it, it can't be that hard for just to leave things the way they are. I hate finding things that have changed without me doing anything. So that's the top of my list. If I've made something a default, especially if I've actively chosen it, then don't change it. And if you're in it, uh, and I'll call out Microsoft Teams because this happened to me this morning. If you can do something where you grab default microphones, uh, the uh, default microphone I don't expect, then don't make the settings thing about two or three levels down uh, where I have to click on three little dots to get in to get in to actually choose a, choose a microphone. So that's grumpiness number one, Tom. How about you? I will teach you the shortcut to get to that much sooner some other day, and maybe that part of that grumpiness will go away. But I want to actually dig into the details of that one a little bit more, even though, Dennis, you said you were going to go broader on this topic. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm, I, I'm restating a little bit of old ground that you just stated, but I, I want to talk generally about the fact that any application that relies on or connects to a microphone or a set of speakers is guilty of this problem. They're guilty of changing the defaults or suddenly making what you have not available. My, I, I have two different problems. So the problem irritates me more. I, I have less issues on defaults on anything else than between Zoom, Teams, and actually even using Audacity to record this podcast is all of a sudden it will switch over to use the default on the on the computer and it won't even recognize the camera that's plugged in it won't even recognize the microphone that's plugged in it, it says it's not even there and i just don't understand that and and you're all guilty every every tool is guilty of doing that um so you know figure out a way to set those in place and have them right and you know i think part of the reason why you're going to win the get off my lawn award is because you know, I think that Windows has a hand in it, or I'm not sure if Macs have a hand in this too, but I also think that to the extent that the operating system of the computer you're working with determines default uh, speakers and microphones, I think that plays a part too. So maybe I should just say, all of you get your act together and figure out how to, to solve that particular issue, because that to me is is my number one issue as well. All right, Dennis, number two for you. You want a couple of other examples? Just today, I was using my Amazon Echo as a default Bluetooth speaker, and it just started. It, uh, I was in the other room, uh, wanted to listen to something on my AirPods, and I heard it playing in another room on the Amazon Echo. I mean, come on. And, you know, the other things are, you know, Twitter's uh you know, no, notorious approach of you set it for reverse chronological order and it, it changes back to the algorithmic feed. There's like tons of examples. But let me get to number two and not dwell too much on number one. And that is Google search. I know, Tom, you're a big fan of, of Google um, historically on the show. But in the early days, when Google came on the, the scene, it was this breath of fresh air because, uh, you know, like the main search engine for a lot of people was something called AltaVista. And AltaVista decided to, like, put all of these ads and suggestions and all these other things. So it actually became really hard to do search. And so Google came along with just this clear search bar and it pulled up the results and it was awesome. So now I go into Google search and it looks exactly 
exactly. It's become Alta Vista. I see ads. I I see these search engine optimized results. I see all these other things. It's totally cluttered. It's a mess. And if we were doing a gift guide, I actually find Google unusable uh, right now to say like, oh, I just want to find like a recommended, uh, you know, which which of this type of tool or something is recommended. Google is terrible for for that because you have to wade through all these uh, all these sites that have been optimized to to sell you ads. And so here we are. We started out with Google being the solution to the Alta Vista problem, and now uh, Google has become Alta Vista. And I'm looking for uh, like a new Google to get me out of the problem that Google originally solved for me. Well, I have to say, I don't have the same problem with Google. I, I can generally still find what I want, even though I see that more results at the top happen to be advertising. I just have to now start in the middle of the page rather than um, at the top of the page at, like I used to. So I will say, yes, I think Google is declining, but um, I'm I'm not unhappy with it like uh like Mr. Grouch on the lawn over on the other side of this microphone. Um, so my number two is, the. here's a simple question for everybody. Why isn't Bluetooth better than it is? It's been around forever. Why hasn't it been improved to the point where we can't get devices to connect to each other in a consistent and stable way so that it doesn't keep losing the connection to where you can connect some devices but not all devices to where when you connect you know for example i have a a, a google home in my bathroom that i use as a speaker to listen when i'm getting ready in the morning and i put my phone up and i want to listen to a podcast the podcast connects to it instantaneously and it has a very strong signal then i want to play spotify music i try to connect it connecting, 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 connecting. Oh, it's now playing on your computer upstairs. It's not playing on the Google Home downstairs because it decided to connect by Bluetooth upstairs rather than that. I hate the fact that some devices can only connect to one Bluetooth thing. I get that they can only be connected at a time, but they should be able to remember a couple of different devices that as long as you're using one at a time, it should work. I'm just amazed, and don't get me started on the Bluetooth connection in your car, because I just, I, it, it, it connects so many, disconnects so many times. I would think that a technology that's been around for that long would have become more stable and more capable of good quality connections and the ability to make a connection between different devices. You know, that's a that's a really good one, Tom, and especially the car one. And then, you know, my 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 little add on on Bluetooth that I like is you you have a device that you want to connect to and you you have it, you know, searching for devices. And it doesn't even show up. It doesn't show show up. You have it on. It's the one you want to connect to. It's right there. You're holding it. And your neighbor's I'm putting my phone on top of the device, and it doesn't <laughs> and even your show up. Your neighbor's TV is showing up on my the list. Peloton <laughs> bike from upstairs shows up on every device in the house, but I can't get the phone right next to it to do anything. I mean, I could connect my Peloton bike to my car, but my phone won't connect to it. Yeah, and and the Bluetooth solution, the troubleshooting solution, which is is sort of like the default microphone solution, sometimes is, is you got to turn the device off and on for you know, something to happen. Exactly. And we, which is no solution at all. It's not a solution. Okay, we're gonna we could make a whole podcast on Bluetooth. So, <laughs> Dennis, move on to your number three. <laughs> 
so number three is what I call the so-called security questions and weak password requirements. So I went onto a site and it was a financial site recently. Um, and it said, okay, so you need to put in a password and it says, here's what you need. And then I failed on the password because uh, it had to be letters and numbers and not characters. Okay, so it's forced me into, into actually putting in a weak password on there. And then it says, you need to uh, provide answers for these security questions. And basically they were so easy that I, I just think of like all these people who know the answers to my security questions if I would have answered these. And so you're in this position where you say, oh, I, I need to answer these questions with a fake answer that I probably won't remember, except I would have to put it in my password manager. And so I, I go on the site and I go, I have a weak password. There's terrible security questions, and I've been forced into that. So all the work that I normally do on having a secure setup, they've done their darndest to defeat. Um, so I think that thing can uh, can definitely be improved uh, in a number of sites, especially for sites that clearly hold significant information. So I'm going to piggyback on your annoyance, and I'm going to double down on annoyance around passwords. Um, and what really annoys me are websites. And this is kind of where I kind of wander into the, well, is there a good reason why I'm annoyed about this? I mean, why, why, why this, is, this is the way it is and I shouldn't be annoyed? Or is it legitimate to be annoyed? I will use my bank as an example. Um, if I want to log into my bank on my phone, I can pull up the bank app and then I will copy. I have to go to my password app and copy it because it won't automatically fill in because it won't, for some reason, the app won't let me automatically fill it in. I will then go and copy and paste that password and then, well, I, I put my username in and then I have to go get my password. And when I come back, my username has gone again. And so I have to put <laughs> that in and it resets every single time I open up the app to try to do something. Furthermore, there are a ton of sites, not just mobile, but on websites that will not let you copy and paste passwords into the password thing. They have made it impossible to paste a password. What is the point of a 20-digit complicated password if you have to go and type it in letter by letter, digit by digit, every time you're putting it in? Let us copy it. There, is there some security reason why we can't do it? I just want to copy and paste. I really want something that would let me fill it in automatically, but your little website won't let me, if it won't let me copy and paste it, it won't autofill either. So, you know, get your act together and make it easy for us to use the long passwords that we're supposed to be using in the way that they're supposed to be used. All right. We got more Scrooging to come, but I think right now we need to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. 
Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. And we are back. Tom, it was really easy, and that's probably obvious to people, for me to make this list, and I had to leave a few things off. How about you? What's next on your list? Well, you know, it's funny. It, it wasn't as easy for me to make the list, but now we're talking about it. I'm kind of getting uh, my fire up, and, and I'm kind of feeling irritated by all this. So here's my next one. My next one are websites that are still built only for web browsers um, and not built for the mobile experience. And my main example of this is I went to a website, I needed to fill in a web form, and I tried to do it in portrait mode, but the forms were off to the side and I couldn't move to the side. I could only see part of the web page. So I had to turn over into landscape to see the website and then some of the form fill parts were drop-down menus that when I hit the drop-down, it totally reset the entire form, and I couldn't actually do it. And I finally said, I can't, I can't actually, I can't do this on, on a mobile device. You read the crowd website, people. Understand who your users are and that they're using mobile devices. There's so many, I mean, there's so many websites out there that are still not optimized for websites. I would think this would be easy. That would just be something that most sites would be doing. In fact, I remember when I, on my blog, there's literally a button that you press and say, make this accessible, your blog accessible on a mobile device. I mean, how hard, granted, it's probably a lot harder with more advanced websites, but I don't care. Go ahead and do it. It needs to be done. Dennis. Yeah, and and the bonus point there is on the same thing is when you can see the very top of a what you assume is a submit button that you're not able to get your mouse onto. That's right. That's one of my <laughs> that is one of my all-time favorites. So, my number 4 is spontaneous phone calls. So, I know somebody who posts about once a year, sometimes more on Facebook. He, he says, "Look, I I manage a nightclub. Like why why are you calling me? Um like think about it for one second. And why are you leaving me voicemails? Think about that. Just send me text." And I'm like the same thing. Like the spontaneous phone call just doesn't work for me. Like I was talking to somebody today said like, you're really hard to get. I've been trying to reach you. And I go, you're always calling me during a time. Like I'm on a zoom call. Um, plus you can use Canlandly to, to schedule time with me. So I would just say like, your smartphone is used, can be used for many things, but spontaneous phone calls to people who aren't close family and friends just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Like I want, when I get a phone call, I just assume it's like really, really important, um, and and otherwise I ignore it. So um, that's I'm just that's one of my Scrooge things is like let's do away with the spontaneous phone calls. We can have spontaneity in some other ways, but not phone calls. Okay, so this Dennis, this one for you is the reason why you're going to win the award because you've now officially wandered outside of tech because this isn't a tech quibble. It's not a, qu- a problem with technology. A this smartphone is, a problem is tech. With a smartphone people. is tech. 
this is a problem with people that you think can be solved by tech. And what I wonder is, is before smartphones ever existed, before any of these tools ever existed, back in the 80s and 90s, were you this mad about spontaneous phone calls? Because that's all that existed. They were all spontaneous calls. We never knew when people, nobody ever called up and said, hey, I'm going to call you in 20 minutes. I'm going to call you tomorrow at 11. Nobody ever did that back then. It was all spontaneous. Anyway, you, you so gotta, here's what you need to do, Tom, is look at the TV shows and movies from the 80s and 90s and to see like how disruptive a phone call they're is. They're all so <laughs> irritated because they're getting spontaneous no, phone it's, calls. It's so funny. Like people are, somebody will be talking to somebody in the phone will ring and like everything stops while they get well, the phone. It's like, a drama. Oh, it's God, supposed to be this dramatic. This the most so, important thing. All right. All right. So here's my next one. Here's my number five, which is um, my next two are about consistency. I want consistency. This first one is why no consistent charging cable standard? Why is there no consistent standard for this? Now, I am going to these next two. I'm actually going to go on a little rant about the whole Apple world and Apple deciding that it needs to decide what things are like. But it goes beyond Apple with charging cables because we we might have things that are micro USB. We might things have things that are, for God's sake, still USB-A, those big old nasty things. We've got USB-C, which seems to be catching on in most of the rational, reality-based world. And then you have Apple with its lightning port that it will not go away from with its iPhone. However, it looks like it's going to happen this coming year because the European Union passed a law that basically said all devices need to have USB-C ports by a certain time, which is essentially forcing Apple out of it. I want to not have to carry 12 different charging or other types of cables to connect my devices. That's where my frustration comes from. I want something that's universal. I want to be able to charge something or plug something in or connect something, not having to have 25 dongles. And um, that's my frustration. I wish we could all just get along and do something that was the same. Well, my number five is going to be short and sweet. And uh, I think something everybody shares. It's like, stop subscribing to your damn email newsletter. If I want it, I'll subscribe. Don't make that assumption for me. I think your interpretation of the Can Spam Act is a little dubious um, in some some cases. And uh, if I want it, I'll reach for it. If I don't, then don't bother me. That comes dangerously close to a people problem again, Dennis, but I will let that go <laughs> and, and I'll move on to my next one, which is which is another consistency, and this comes closer to an Apple versus Google world problem, which is why no consistent SMS standard? I want a world where where we don't have to worry about whether kids are getting bullied because they're the blue bubble um, in, a, in a conversation with Apple users. Literally, we're having people get bullied at school because they are perceived as being other because their SMS is different. Google and others, not just Google, other companies have been begging to, put, to have Apple adopt the RCS standards that would bring us into a better way of consolidating and making consistent all the SMS uh, things. And Apple steadfastly refuses to do it. I just wish that we could all have the same types of SMS messages that everybody was having and that there wasn't some level of difference around it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I can get through it. I can use it. It's just annoying as hell. Dennis. Yeah, I, I solved that by only using Apple products and uh, f- conversing with Apple people. So uh, I don't see what's so difficult about that. But you uh, do that, converse that seems with like me, a, so that, 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 that doesn't really work. 
That seems like a people problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> so my number six is uh, this one is is really irritating to me because it's it's almost like I was watching this this thing on PBS where they were dating uh, uh, back into the Roman era by uh, taking core samples from trees um, and then kind of overlapping them so they could go back hundreds and thousands of years and then also doing ice core samples and so. Um, and I, I mentioned that because uh, a lot of times I'm using websites and user interfaces and I, I can sort of date the sites back, you know, like, oh, this one's from about five years ago. This one's about 10 years ago. This one's about 20 years ago. But I'm still surprised when I go to a site and I want to double click on something and or right click and I don't get the experience that I want. I still can't believe I go into a site where I have to click on an edit button to actually make edits. I'm like, this is, seems like from the DOS era. So I like having uh, actual user experience that seems contemporary. Uh, so Tom, I, that's what I have. I, I don't know if we, you're going to give us time, but if you have a lightning round for one more bonus item. We can do a quick bonus run, and our and I saw that you were going to do something Microsoft, so I decided to do something Microsoft as well. Uh, so my major Microsoft beef is actually more related to me than anything else, which is Microsoft has the extremely annoying habit of announcing its new features months or years ahead of when they're actually going to come out. And so I'll get a notification that something new is coming to Teams. And I'm like, this is awesome. It's not expected until quarter three of next year. And I have to wait <laughs> for it. And I'm like, I'd rather not know about it that, that far off. I mean, let me know as it's coming in this quarter. Um, it's I, 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 That's just a me thing. And it's probably not something that everybody is annoyed with. But I, it, when I hear about a new thing that's interesting, I want to try it immediately. I don't want to have to wait for a year and a half to do it. So figure out a new way to tantalize me, Microsoft. I would appreciate it. So mine is this, it's a really simple thing that I just keep running into. And so I use for copy and paste, I use, uh, you know, essentially the control C, uh, control V or command C, command V in, in, uh, on the Mac. Uh, to copy and paste. And so I will need to uh, do something in Outlook to put somebody's email address into the, the two the little two table to, to address it to somebody. And I'll grab their email address from somewhere else uh, if it's not available. And I'll pop it in there and I'll do a control C and I'll do a control V and nothing happens. And then what I have to do is I have to right click and then choose paste to put that in there. So I don't know, like in what world you would say like, oh, here's an idea. Cause you have to code this, right? Where you would go like, here's something we will choose to do. We will choose to make control V not work to paste an email address in. It just blows me away that, uh, it, that somebody would make that kind of baffling choice. So that's what I have, Tom. Well, we'll have to talk later cause I've literally never had that problem, Dennis. So we'll have to talk Microsoft later, but that feels like a whole lot of unloading that we've done, and we need to recover from that. So uh, until we get to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? 
InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com slash simple. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. There was a lot of negativity, and I feel really good after that. Maybe you don't. So we decided the best way to follow that would be to tell you about some tech tools we use and really like, so much that we'd be happy to give them as gifts this year. Tom, what made your happy tech gift list? Well, I broke the, I broke your rule just slightly, and I'm doing two things that I'd be happy to give and two things that I'd be happy to – really, one thing that I'd be happy to get, but two different versions of it. Um, so the three things that are on my list um, – Two things that I think are awesome uh, gifts are the Ember mug, uh, the self-heating mug. Um, I will tell you, I can't ever drink a hot beverage in anything other than this because it gets cold within seconds for me. And having it in your Ember mug where you can heat it to the temperature that you prefer, um, it, you can go into the app and say, I want this to be 140 degrees all the time, and it keeps it at 140 for hours. And it's just wonderful. It's a nice way to keep a hot glass of, I, use, I drink tea, but you can use it for anything. Thing that's hot. So I, I highly recommend the Ember mug. They've got the mugs. They've also have um, kind of like the, what do you call it? Like the commuter mugs for, for, for things too, if you need to go on the, on the move with it. Um, and they charge by putting into a, a either a coaster for the, for the actual mug itself, where the other has a plug where you can plug into. Um, the other uh, smart tool that I am really enjoying is my Schlag, I, I think that's how you pronounce it, Smart Lock. Most lock companies have some smart lock. That's the one that we chose. We chose the one called the Encode Plus. It's a Wi-Fi connected smart lock. You can set codes for anybody to come in and say, we want this code to only work on Monday, Wednesday, Friday between two o'clock and three o'clock. And it'll work only during those times. Um, you always see who's coming and who's going. We, we've had guests lately and we can tell when they come to the house and when they leave. Also, I, the thing that I like about it best is, is that I don't have to take a key with me when I walk the dog anymore. I just press a button and it locks. And I don't have to worry about whether I've locked the front door anymore. I can just pull up my phone and I can lock it. So Highly recommended. The gift that I want somebody to give to me is I want a higher quality webcam. And there's two versions that I want to think about. Um, I, I, I obviously, I, ultimately, I might want a DLSR camera as my webcam. But for now, I would be happy either with the Elgato FaceCam Pro, which is a 4K60. I'm not even sure what that is, but it is that means really good. It's a really high quality webcam that Elgato has put out, um, or a a webcam called the Insta360 Link. It also is a 4K uh, camera, but it's on a gimbal, so it actually moves. It uses AI to follow you, and so if you happen to move around the screen, it will reposition and center you in the picture, among other things. It's really kind of cool. So those are the things that I would want if I was going to up my webcam game uh, from what I have right now. I really like the camera I have now, but uh, I wouldn't mind somebody else getting me something a little bit more powerful. Dennis, what about you? Well, now I really want a gimbal just because I love the way that word sounds. Exactly. Um, but but so on my list, this is stuff that I just really like and I use and work and be happy to recommend to anybody. So 
I have this Elgato Wave microphone, uh, just a little USB mic, uh, sits on a stand, um, and it's great for uh, for Zoom calls because it lets you move around. You don't have to have a headset and it just looks like a little radio microphone. That's great. Logitech Brio, been really, really happy with as a webcam. For those of you who do mind mapping and other things like that, for like about six bucks on Amazon, there's something called the Helix Geometry template and it just allow it gives you like circles squares hexagons all these other shapes in a in a template form it's a nice solid plastic and um, you can draw these nice shapes and i find that i use a hexagon now to start all my mind maps I really like the Amazon Echo Show, and um, I continue to be a big AirPods Pro fan. The other thing that I, I've really liked this year that I've gone on at length in other podcasts is, is Calendly for setting up of appointments. I, I think it's just amazing. Uh, so now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip website or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. Well, you know, I um, I had this as my parting shot today, but then I all of a sudden um, read a story today about and my parting shots about Zoom. But my uh, the, what I noticed today, and I, I didn't happen to take a look at it to see what what Zoom earnings were like. But uh, it's expected that Zoom is in some level of decline, at least uh, in popularity. And so this parting shot that I have. I think has something to do with Zoom trying to keep itself relevant because to a certain extent, Zoom is a one-trick pony. It, it just as a, as a meeting tool, um, it doesn't do some of the things that other tools might be able to do. And so what you're going to be seeing now is that Zoom has got a new tool coming out that they call Zoom One, um, a centralized Zoom service that offers chat services, shared whiteboard, dedicated chat rooms, and more. And it's going to combine in-meeting chats with offline chats into a single chat interface. Um, the one thing that to me is both intriguing and a little creepy scary is something that they call Zoom Spots, which sounds, when I look listen to it, like a perpetual Zoom call. Uh, it's something you can leave on all the time at work and you can listen to your coworkers and talk and yell across the room and say, oh, hey, all this stuff. But it seems like it is designed to be, uh, it's, it's supposed to represent the working alongside aspect of an open office for workers and encourages free form, free form video first conversations, which take that as you will. I think it's interesting and, and, and intriguing that Zoom is trying to differentiate itself and make itself more relevant than what it is. Time will only tell whether these will be uh, successful or welcomed by uh, the people who are already using Zoom for its meeting products. Dennis. Was that last one called Zoom Hell? <laughs> um, I, no, I, it sort of seems like it's uh, an effort to duplicate the worst of, uh, of the open office concept. So my parting shot is, I don't know about the rest of you, but I have all these, all these old earbuds and other things lying around that I, I don't get rid of. And so I actually found uh, what I think is a good use for, for them. And that's just for audiobook and podcast listening, because uh, you're listening to voice. And, you know, so you might invest your money in like, uh, you know, really nice uh, earbuds or headphones to listen to music and, and uh, you know, for, for movies and other things like that. But for audiobooks and podcasts, you don't need that, that 
uh, that great a sound quality. And so almost every, all your old earbuds are going to be good enough. And I found them really useful for, for bedtime reading and listening to, to audiobooks and podcasts, if that's something you do before you go to bed. So it's something you can do right away. You probably have some lying around and it's a, it's a good way to get some use of them while you uh, pretend to yourself that you're one day going to gather them up and donate them somewhere. I'm just going to have to say, Dennis, I didn't, I don't understand the parting shot because I don't know what it's like to keep multiple cop, multiple pairs of earbuds. I don't know the purpose for that. I've, once I once I move on from a pair of earbuds, I've moved on. It's done. I don't need to keep that because I've moved on to something that's new. So that's kind of a, uh, a concept that is completely foreign to me. And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Talk Network's page for our show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, on the Legal Talk Network site, or in your podcast app of choice. If you'd like to get in touch with us, remember you can always find us on LinkedIn, you can find us on Twitter, or remember, we always love to get voicemails. That phone number for the voicemail is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network. 